What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Lifting Talk. Today, we're going to have a conversation around how to set yourself up to be successful when inside of a diet. And now, we're not going to get into the scientific strategies behind a caloric deficit or refeeds or diet breaks or how long you should be dieting or anything like that. We are going to talk about the things that you should be focused on as you're getting started and getting ready to put yourself into a deficit to achieve fat loss what you should be focusing most on to help yourself be more adherent and be more consistent throughout that process. Because at the end of the day, contrary to popular belief, most people's biggest issues when it comes to dieting, when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to dropping body fat, it's not that they're eating the wrong amount of calories or they don't know how much protein to eat or they're not taking the right diet breaks or they don't know how to refeed. Most of it comes down to overall adherence. And so when I say adherence, I just mean consistency. Most people, probably you, I know it's me too, it's everybody, has a hard time being consistent. Because at the end of the day, staying in a deficit, being consistent over the long term is hard. And so what we're going to talk about are a few strategies that I use myself, I've picked up on over the years, they're strategies that I help with my clients, they're things that you just should be thinking about and putting in place to make your adherence much better, which overall is going to help you get to your goals a whole lot faster, which in terms is going to help you get out of the deficit and back to living your life more at a maintenance mode to be able to enjoy the results that you've created without having to always be so focused on your nutrition and dieting and always dropping body fat. So I think that this episode is really going to help you. It's going to bring a lot of value and it's going to help you set up the right expectations as you get started on your diet, on your fat loss journey to help you build better adherence to get to where you're trying to go at a much more efficient rate. So without further ado, let's just hop into today's episode. All right, so I've got five different factors that I'm going to go over here with you. And number one is to set yourself up for success is having staple meals each and every day. And now when we talk about dieting and nutrition and being in a calorie deficit, a lot of that talk around flexible dieting, really, a lot of that talk is about how flexible you can be, how you can eat whatever you want to along the journey, how you can include processed foods, you can include sugars, you can include all of your favorite foods and still get to your goals at the end of the day. And while that is 100% true, but if you're trying to fit in a whole lot of processed food, a whole lot of fast food, a whole lot of sugary foods, at the end of the day, it's going to be a lot harder to stay consistent in the long run. And reason being is as you put yourself into a deficit, hunger starts to arise. You will get hungrier over time. You're literally feeding your body less calories than it's burning, which is going to cause some hunger over time. And when it comes down to this, you need to make sure that you are making smart food choices. When I say smart food choices, I mean higher volume, lower calorie, high protein options more often than not. And when it comes to tracking at the end of the day, if you're always trying to eat different foods, if you're always trying to be flexible and fit in different things, tracking becomes a lot harder. It becomes a lot more tedious in terms of having to figure out the exact ingredients, figure out is this gonna fit into my day, it just makes the whole process a lot more annoying. And and honestly, tracking is annoying. Tracking isn't the funnest thing in the world to do. 
But at the end of the day, it's the one thing that's going to help us get to our goal the fastest because it puts us in control of our nutrition and the data so that we can make the adjustments along the way that we need to. So when I say have staple meals, I mean find a few meals that are that you enjoy, that taste well, are lower calorie, higher in protein, and fill you up. And with those meals, keep them relatively consistent. Have two to three options for breakfast, lunch, and dinner that you just rotate through most of the time instead of always trying to get fancy and always try to do new meals and try new things. Really, if you can just be a little bit more boring and include the same meals over and over, tracking is going to be a whole lot easier because you're going to have those foods in my fitness pal. It's going to be easy to pull them up and just log them in, and you already know that they're higher lower calorie, higher protein, so they're going to fit within your day. And it's just going to make the process a whole lot more streamlined. And then getting a little bit more flexible on weekends or social occasions makes more sense. So this is where, let's say, you want to go out to dinner with your significant other, you want to go on a date night, you want to still stay on track, then you can get a little bit more flexible and choose foods that you normally wouldn't choose. But during the week, it makes it so much easier if you just have a couple options that you regularly eat for breakfast, a couple options that you regularly eat for lunch, a couple options that you regularly eat for dinner, and a couple options that you regularly have for a snack or pre or post workout. It just makes the process much easier and tracking becomes a whole lot easier because you're not always trying to fit in random things. But then when you do want to get flexible, you have social occasions come up, you go on dates, you want to get ice cream with your kids, whatever it may be, that's when you get more flexible and try to make days fit around that sort of thing. But the majority of the time, just because you can get flexible with flexible dieting and eat whatever you want, doesn't mean that you necessarily should all the time. It's going to make the process a lot easier if you're sticking with foods that you know help fill you up, you know they're higher protein, you know they're lower calorie, and they're going to fit into your day. So get some staple meals for myself for breakfast every single day. It's generally either a protein bar or it's some Greek yogurt with a little bit of granola. For lunch, it's generally some sort of like a deli sandwich or it's that I make at home or it's something at Subway or it's some 93.7 ground beef with some vegetables and rice. And then for dinner, it's either tacos. Again, it's that 93.7 ground beef with some vegetables and some rice. Sometimes it's burgers. Sometimes it's chicken and vegetables and rice. But it, The point is that it's always relatively consistent. It's those same meals over and over. For snacks, sometimes it's proats, protein, and oatmeal. Sometimes it's just protein bars. Sometimes it's Greek yogurt with fruit or Greek yogurt with granola. But the point is that every single week, most of my meals are relatively consistent. And then on the weekends, if my wife wants to go out to dinner, if I want to take my daughter for ice cream or for lunch or something like that, then I get more flexible and make different things work. But in the week, I just keep it consistent. It makes the whole process a million times easier because you're not having to think so hard and things are just relatively streamlined because you're doing the same things over and over. So really, it's boring. But the boring things done consistently are what end up getting you to the long-term goal that you have for yourself generally. All right, number two is consistent eating times. One mistake that I see a lot of people make is trying to push back their meals as far as possible until hunger really kicks in. And the problem with this is that this leaves you much more acceptable to end up overeating because you're so much more hungry. In reality, if you'll set up eating times, let's say you have a breakfast eating window from 9 to 10, a lunch eating window from 12 to 2, a snack between 3 to 5, and dinner between 6 to 8, and you keep that consistent every single day, are you going to be super hungry going into each meal? 
You might not be, but it's going to make a whole lot more sense to eat when you're a little bit hungry to really shut down any hunger that could happen so that you stay full more often rather than waiting until you're extremely hungry, then eating and having the chance of overeating because you're trying to satisfy that hunger. So don't think that you need to push back your meals until you're starving to eat. It'd be better to stay on top of your hunger, create consistent eating times for yourself, and your body's going to get more used to those eating times as well so that you're not going to be ravenously hungry at different parts of the day when it's not time to eat. Your body's going to adapt a little bit, and you're going to be in a position to where your body's going to be hungry around the times that you regularly eat because that's when it's expecting food. Instead of having your eating times be so irregular, it just makes the whole process so much more streamlined. So Don't get in that process of not having structure, thinking you're just going to wait to put off your food until you're absolutely hungry. A lot of the time, that just makes the whole process a million times harder. If you'll plan things out a little bit better, if you'll be more structured in your day, if you'll set eating times for each day, it just helps you have that structure to know when you're going to have food. So maybe if you are a little bit hungry, You know when your meals are coming up through the day. You know what to expect rather than your mind start racing like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to eat. I don't know when I'm going to eat. I don't know what I should do. Um, I'm just going to eat this and hopefully I'll make it work through the rest of the day. And then you have the one bad thing and then it leads to the next bad thing and the next bad thing. And then it turns into this roller coaster of you getting off track where instead, if you'll just set yourself up with some structure, plan out the times of each day that you're going to be eating, plan out your snacks you're going to be in a much better position to be able to stay on point. And this comes back to what I have a lot of my clients do as well is track your food the night before. This way you just have to follow the plan. If you already track the night before your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, and your snack, now it takes all decision out of it. You know what to expect. You know when you're going to eat and you have already tracked it. So you know as long as you just follow the template that you've laid out for yourself, that you're going to hit your numbers perfectly. It just comes down to following the plan instead of trying to play Tetris and make the plan as you go. So that's kind of two in one. First, have those structured eating times. Set up the times that you're going to eat and keep those consistent day in and day out. For me, my first meal of each day is somewhere between nine to 10. Lunch is usually between 12.30 to two. I have a snack between three to 4.30 and I usually have dinner between 6.30 to eight. And that's relatively consistent every single day. And then after dinner every single night is when I will have a snack. So around nine o'clock before going to bed, have a couple bags of popcorn and I just keep that consistent over and over. And it makes the whole process much easier because I know when I'm going to be eating, I have a decent idea of what I'm going to be eating. So the whole process is just more streamlined. I'm not always having to guess, but then again, on the weekends, if I want to get a little bit more flexible, I'll adjust some of that. Maybe if I'm going to have a higher calorie meal at nighttime, I'm going to go out for um, a steak with my wife, or we're going to go out and get burgers or something, then maybe I'll look at pushing back that first meal in the day and maybe doing some intermittent fasting and skipping breakfast to save some of those calories for dinner and adding different strategies in like that. But for the most part, have a structure to your eating times. If you're newer to tracking and it stresses you out, just track the night before and it's going to make that whole process of just following the blueprint slash template that you've already made more streamlined. Key number three, is having a persistent mindset. And I know I've talked about this a decent amount on the show, but this is one of the most important keys to your overall fitness journey in the long term. This is the most important key to you eventually getting to where you want to be. So many people go into nutrition and to training and changing their body composition 
and have this expectation of being perfect. I talk to so many people who are super motivated in the moment. They want to work out six or seven times a week. They want to eat perfectly every single day, and they think they're going to get to their goal as fast as possible. And it's great to have motivation, but it's also great to be aware and to have realistic expectations. And at the end of the day, you're a human being. I'm a human being. What that means is that you are going to mess up from time to time. You're not going to be perfect, but if you'll be persistent, then you'll still get to where you're trying to go. So if you can just accept before you begin that you're going to mess up from time to time, there's going to be times where you're unmotivated. There's going to be times where it might not feel like it's worth it. There's going to be times where your progress regresses a little bit, but as long as you stay persistent and each day that you wake up, give an honest effort at what you're doing, I promise you. Over the long call, you'll get to where you're trying to go. One thing that happens with a lot of the clients that I work with, when they come on and they hire me, I start helping them, they put all this pressure on themselves to be perfect right off of the bat. And they think they have to reach their goals in a lot of time frame. A lot of clients come on with me and they'll commit to 12 weeks up front. Some will commit to 24 weeks. Some will commit to even longer. But the ones that generally commit to just 12 weeks put all this pressure on themselves to be perfect in that 12-week period. And when they're not, they think they need to make all the progress and reach their goal within that 12 weeks. And by all means, we want to make progress as efficiently and as quickly as possible that makes sense for the goal without running your body into the ground. It's important to understand that fitness isn't going anywhere and that nutrition and training, we're trying to make this a part of your life forever. And when you put so much pressure on yourself to be perfect right off of the bat and you're not, that's what usually leads us to end up quitting in the long run because we're not perfect with it and we're flustered. It's not working and we get, this just isn't for me. I just can't do it. It's not worth it. I can't do it. I'm just going to forget about it. And then a few months goes by six months, a year go by. You realize that you're still not happy with your body and you want to get back on track and you take on this perfect mentality once again, and you go through the same cycle over and over. Well, what if you just accept that fitness Nutrition and training, they're going to be a part of your life forever. So instead of setting this unrealistic expectation of perfection around it, what if you just set the expectation of persistence, of imperfection, of understanding that you're going to mess up along the way, but you're going to get a million times further if you just choose to give an honest effort and get back on track after those mess ups rather than letting those mess ups lead to quitting. If you have a bad weekend, just get back on track on Monday. If you have a bad dinner, just get back on track at breakfast. If you're always just giving an effort instead of this all-in or all-out mindset and mentality, you'll be so much further a year down the road. I had this conversation with a client just last week where she had put a ton of pressure on herself. She hadn't made as much progress as she wanted in the first 10 weeks that we were working together. And she told me, I'm just in this position where I know this is where I usually end up quitting because I haven't quite gotten as far as I want to. And I just had to slow her down and say, listen, this is going to be a part of your life forever. Food is going to affect your body composition forever. The only thing that's in your way right now is this pressure that you're putting on yourself. If you'll just accept it, it's going to probably take longer than you want it to. But as long as you just give an honest effort and learn to accept the journey for what it is and that it's a lifetime journey and not this journey to lose 20 pounds in 10 weeks, you'll end up getting so much further. And does it really matter if you get to your goal in 12 weeks, 20 weeks, or 30 weeks? 
What matters at the end of the day is that you get to that goal, you learn how to sustain that goal, and you can live the rest of your life without having to keep worrying about achieving it because you're there. Would you be more satisfied in a year if that took you 12 weeks to get there, 24 weeks to get there, 30 weeks to get there? Would that really matter? And the answer to that is no, because what matters is that you keep working and that you eventually get there. So focus on a persistent mindset. Stop giving yourself a timeline. Stop thinking that you have to be perfect. Stop giving yourself the option to quit. Just understand that you're going to mess up. It's going to be hard. You're going to lose motivation. But as long as you learn to accept the journey for what it is over time and accept that you're going to suck at times, well, now you put yourself in a position to succeed and get to exactly to where you want to be given enough time. Key number four. You have to have the confidence to say no. And what I mean by this is you're going to end up in a lot of situations socially, with family, with friends, to where the decisions that you're making are going to make others feel uncomfortable. When you're out to out with your friends on a social occasion, and maybe you're out getting drinks or something, and maybe if you only have one or two drinks and the rest of your friends keep drinking and you decide to go home early. You're going to get peer pressure. Your friends are going to ask you to keep drinking. Oh, don't be a party pooper. Stay out with us. Let's have fun. No, come on. Let's stay out. Let's have fun. And if you want to stay out and enjoy yourself, by all means, do that. But if you know you're going to wake up the next morning and be fulfilled and be more happy if you go home after a couple drinks so that you can wake up with a clear head, you can get your training in, you can focus on your nutrition, you can keep doing what you're doing to get closer to your goals then do that. You just have to understand that everybody else around you isn't going to necessarily understand the journey that you're on. And that's okay. They don't have to get it right off the bat. Show them over time. I know I've had this problem with my family, with having family dinners and these different types of things to where my families have always had dinner together quite often. For a long time, I'd always get this pressure like, oh, why aren't you eating more of that? Why won't you have this? Why won't you have that? And I just had to have the confidence just to say no. And a little hack here is with family and with friends, at the end of the day, they love you. And when they see you saying no to something that is enjoyable, food or hanging out for longer or relaxing and unwinding and having more drinks together, whatever it may be, they see you as restricting yourself and trying to punish yourself for some reason. If you can turn it around and explain to them that I'm doing this because I've set a goal for myself and I want to try to achieve this and I'm not restricting myself, it's just that I don't want this because it doesn't make sense for the goals that I have in the future. And when you reframe that from a restriction and saying, no, I can't have that, when you say I can't have it, they automatically think that you're restricting yourself and punishing yourself. So they're going to try to tell you that you're fine the way that you look. Come on, you can just have it. You're totally fine. This isn't that bad for you. It's not going to hurt you. You're fine the way that you look. Don't restrict yourself. It's okay. We love you. We accept you. But when you reframe that and say, I don't want this instead of I can't have this and explain why you don't want it, then it will give them a bit of a better understanding. And again, they still might not understand it fully, but they'll have a better understanding of the situation and what you're going through. Now, still means they might think that you're a little bit weird. At the end of the day, 
dieting and counting calories and counting protein and staying within your numbers is weird. It's not the normal thing to do. Most people do not worry about that in their lives. And just because you do doesn't mean that everybody else is going to understand it. So you have to accept that this is a journey for you. It's not for anybody else. It's for you. It's not for your kids. It's not for your husband. It's not for your family. It's not for your friends. It's for you. And what will end up happening is you'll become a better version of yourself, which will indirectly benefit them over time, and they'll understand it with time. They'll get a better understanding of who you are, why it is that you do what you do, and how it affects your life in more of a positive manner than necessarily a negative one. But you have to let that play its course and let them realize that for themselves. Just like with nutrition and training, when I first got into it, I was bad. I wanted to push it down everybody else's throat. And I think a lot of us do this. I see this with clients sometimes who get it. They make really good progress and they want to go out and preach to everybody else about exactly what to do to get to where they've got and explain that, that the types of diets and stuff that they're following are dumb and no, you need to do this or that. And you try to push down people's throats because you feel like they don't know and you want them to get it. But at the end of the day, that doesn't work. People will understand and be ready when they're ready. You can't push it down somebody's throat. And that's the same thing with your journey. You can't expect somebody just to understand your journey because you do, because you want it. You have to give them time. You have to let them see what happens. You have to let them see the positive changes that it's it's putting into your life that are taking effect in your life and the better of, of the person that you're becoming because you're learning to take care of yourself in a better manner. All right, and the final key that we're going to go over is making sure that you have a long-term plan. The biggest mistake that most make is not setting a clear goal for after the deficit. And I've made episodes on this as well. The deficit is only the part that helps you lose the body fat. But you don't want to stay in a deficit forever. You want to recover. You want to bring back your hunger hormones. You want to build your metabolism back up. You want to feel your best. You want to be more flexible, be able to eat more food, eventually get to an intuitive plan to where you're not having to track everything so tediously. And to do this, you have to have a long-term plan. You have to have a plan for after the deficit, a plan to go through a reverse diet after the deficit to where you slowly add calories back in over time. Then you have to have a plan to sit at maintenance, to allow your hunger levels to recover, to allow your stress levels to recover, to allow your training to start getting better. And as you get there over time and your hunger levels come back and you feel good and you feel like you could eventually get rid of tracking and just eat more in an intuitive manner and trust in your hunger levels and use the skills that you've developed by eating more protein and eating more filling whole foods each day, now you'll be in a position to where you can eat more intuitively and sustain the level of leanness that you have created. But that comes through having a long-term plan. So many people yo-yo to where, okay, I'm going to diet for 12 weeks. I'm really going to restrict. I'm going to eat really low calorie. I'm going to restrict carbs. I'm going to restrict sugars. I'm not going to eat any processed foods throughout this entire time. I'm going to lose a bunch of weight. And they'll do it, lose a bunch of weight. That's the easy part, right? Restricting, having the short-term goal, that's the easy part. But the problem is on the back end of that, You've had this restriction for so long. Now when you're done with the diet, you say, screw this. I just want to eat. Like I don't want to suffer anymore. So then you go back to eating the way that you were before and you end up putting all that weight back on. But if you'll make the, the process 
more realistic in terms of going at things a little bit slower, having a little bit more flexibility throughout the process so that as you diet down, and maybe your progress is a little slower than it would have been if you would have went really low calorie right off the bat, as you get to that goal in a little bit longer of a time frame where you're not going to feel so restricted at the end and it's more realistic to slowly start adding calories back to get you eating more food, to recover any of those hunger levels that you have that are down, to recover your stress levels, to recover your recovery from your performance in the gym, to get a little bit more flexible as food is added back in and as we get you to the top end of your maintenance, then we just sit there and continue tracking for another few months and really learning what it's going to take to maintain the level of leanness that you've created so that over time you have built the skills and built the habits to be able to stay at that same body composition. The goal when dropping body fat and getting into better shape is usually to get yourself to a place to where you don't ever have to lose all that weight again. That's the goal, not having to lose it twice. Now that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go through bulking phases and you shouldn't go through cutting phases and there's not a time to add some weight and there's not a time to shed some weight. But you shouldn't have to get your health under control twice. We should aim to try to do it once in terms of if you're unhealthy, if you don't feel good, if you're not confident in your own skin, let's take care of that one time, meaning only have to lose the weight once by doing it in a smarter manner, by being a little bit more flexible, by not going so low calorie, by understanding that it's going to take time by being patient and getting to where you want to be, but not running your mind and your body into the ground at the same time. So that as you do achieve that goal, now this new body composition is the body composition for the rest of your life rather than going through the yo-yo of being all in or all out. So make sure that you have a long-term plan. What's the plan for after the diet? If you don't have one, chances are you'll rebound hard, you'll put a bunch of that fat back on, And you'll ultimately just remain frustrated. Make the goal to only have to get into shape once. To only have to go through the the hard deficit once. Because you'll do it in a smarter manner that will allow you to sustain that in the long term. And that comes down to making sure that you have a long-term plan in place. To go through the diet. To reverse out of the diet. To maintain and then to learn how to eat in a more of an intuitive manner afterwards. So I hope that this brought you some value. Hopefully you've taken away a few tips from me today to be able to take and implement into your own journey. If you did find value here, I'd be really appreciative if you could take a screenshot, put this on your IG story, and tag me in it. I'll make sure to repost it on my story, as well as send you a message personally thanking you for doing so. Also, I know I've touched on this a lot lately, but if you do have a little bit of extra time, I'd be really grateful if you could leave the podcast a review, go down below, leave a star rating as well as a written review, just because that's the only way for the podcast to be able to grow through Apple. Have an amazing day and I'll talk with you soon.